Before we get into today's episode, we wanted to take the opportunity to tell you about our favorite brand, Orange Naturals. Orange Naturals combines the customs of traditional medicine with the latest scientific knowledge to bring you high quality natural supplements for the entire family. It's so highly requested in my house, and I'm so grateful to know that their products are formulated by care with naturopathic doctors and have over 100 supplements, tinctures, powders, homopathic, and topical solutions. So there's obviously something for everyone, for every age and every stage of life, from babyhood to the trying toddler Mm -hmm. and teen years and those humbling hormonal changes and beyond. I know for both myself and Natasha, there are natural remedies that we trust. And that our kids trust. When we lie and say it's candy. (laughs) So you can find Orange Naturals at Rexall, Loblaws, Shoppers Drug Mart, The Real Canadian Superstore, Fortino's, Sobeys, and the good old well.ca. So if you're looking for a natural health product for you and your family, be sure to check them out. Hey, beautiful beautiful souls. souls. Welcome to Mammology. We're your hosts, Natasha and Christina. We're two moms and best friends who birthed this paw baby to blow the lid off of the motherhood experience and rid mamas everywhere. Is that lonely? Am I the only one feeling this way? So join us every Wednesday in a new episode where we have candid conversations around motherhood, wellness, and so much more. Because being a mom is a huge part of who we are, but not all of it. We'll discuss hot topics, introduce you to awesome guests, and always sip a new drink to review and rate at the end of the show. Whether you want to laugh, cry, or take your own time out, we got you, boo. hit you right yeah in the heart yeah I didn't even want to like converse back I just wanted to keep listening <laughs> right yeah. yeah just keep let her keep talking mm-hmm. I don't know I just felt like everything that she was saying was resonating it was everything that I needed to hear in the moment and it was like so much positivity yeah. surrounding her and her words I know I know So today we are having a conversation with Jen Tolo and she has four little boys of her own. Well, actually not so little anymore. She was a nurse um, that specialized in critical condition. She is also even married to a a physician and she takes us along a healing journey on essentially balancing modern medicine with integrated health and medicine and God, so much more. <laughs> so much more. So much. It was such a learning experience for Natasha and I, and we are truly excited to share her wisdom and, and her teachings with you guys as well. I felt like I wanted to go into this episode primarily basing around like just children and motherhood, but I felt like we got so much more from it as just like being an individual person. And so... That is what we're gifting you guys today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get into it? Yeah. I think we need to introduce the quick drinkity drink. Right. Though. Right. It's a Peroni. <laughs> so Peroni is usually an alcoholic beer from Italy, but this is a non-alcoholic beer. Mm-hmm. Taliana. Taliana. As you guys know, we're both pregnant, if you haven't listened to the past couple of ep- episodes. Yeah. So for now on, I apologize but they will be non-alcoholic <laughs> beverages for the next five months or so. But that doesn't mean that you can't indulge. <laughs> no, please have a glass of wine for us. Do it. On our behalf. On yeah. our behalf. Have two. Mm-hmm. Thank you. No. Anyway, so I got it from the LCBO when we had some friends over the other night and I wanted to partake <laughs> in the socials activities without, you know, I was just telling my mind there was alcohol in it and there wasn't. And I enjoyed myself. So... With that said, let's get into the episode. First of all, we want to say thank you so much for taking the time today to talk to us, Jen. We appreciate it. We saw your website and all the great work that you're doing, and we were absolutely thrilled to have you on to chat with you and ask our own personal questions. Um, But before we get the conversation started, we want to allow our listeners to learn who you are and what you do. So if we could just take some time for you to introduce yourself. Um, so I'm Jennifer Rentolo. I My background is as a critical care nurse, and I became a whole health educator and patient advocate. I'm a Reiki master, and uh, energy medicine, medical intuitive, and I call myself now a magic igniter. 
because my passion is really helping people find that spark within themselves and connect to their mind, body, spirit messages and the magic of those messages so they can really live in an aligned spiritual path and live their truth and really feel connected to their lives on a, from a deeper level. Um, so I give, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. I wrote a book called Family Fuel, um, A Busy Mom's Guide to Healthy Living. I have been a featured author in a book um, that was a book from the Wellness Universe called The Complete Guide to Self-Care, where I talk about self-care and the importance of self-care. Um, and one of my greatest passions is helping people learn how to t- find calm in the chaos of their lives so they can really anchor themselves and steady themselves and find that powerful connection to what's going on and what they need in the moment, which we can't always have calm around us. So we have to find that calm within us. So um, I call that taming the chaos within our lives. Um, so those are those are kind of my passions, my purpose. I have kids that I have two, four boys. I, am, I call myself a warrior mom of four boys because two of my kids had some special health challenges and it really awakened my, I would say my gifts, my magic, my connection to more than what I thought I knew and wanted. Um, And I really believe that my kids are my greatest teachers and really helped me awaken to my purpose, which is to help other moms and kids, particularly kids with invisible disabilities. That's, that's sort of, what fuels me right now. And I'm also um, a teacher. I teach in a in a college nearby called Endicott College in the School of Nursing. And I teach about holistic and complementary approaches to health and healing. That's my latest kind of spark. And I love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, you do. You do a lot for the community too. It's not, you know, it, it's self-fulfilling in the way that you get to help other people and and show them how they can ignite their own gifts within themselves. And I think that's so special when you're able to teach others um, what you've learned along the way. Yeah. I, I believe that all the challenges that I went through in my life were meant to awaken me and to help me help other people in their own challenges. Because I think there's a lot of people that just get stuck and they don't know what to do and they they feel alone. So I feel like sharing what I've gone through and helping to teach people how to move through it. Like I learned for myself is really, um, what I meant to do. Right. Um, you talk about on your website, learning how to trust your intuition when it comes to, when it came to healing your children and yourself Yeah. and often during motherhood, I know we can speak to this outside influences, make you question your own intuition as a new mom, especially from mother-in-laws to grandparents, or even like an unsolicited advice from a stranger on the street. So what would be your number one tool in your toolbox when it comes to teaching parents how to trust their own intuition that often gets really lost in the chaos of everyone else's opinion? That's an awesome question. Um, you know, it, it speaks to the heart and it speaks to judgment basically judgment from other people that kind of trickle in and become the judgment of ourselves. Um, my biggest advice would be to just pause, take a moment to just get still and stop, take a few deep breaths, and then tune into what is the truth? <clears throat> what is the intention? Right? And and what is your gut telling you? We all have that, especially with our kids. We as moms know our children better than anybody else. I've had medical professionals give me labels for my son. I've been told one of my sons has a low IQ. And it's, you know, it's almost like just knocks you back sometimes. But when you pause and you breathe and you tune into, is it true? Like, is this true? And you feel it. Your body, the messages of your body, your heart, your mind, your gut are going to tell you the truth. And that's what you need to believe. Tune out all the outside noise because that's what spins us up and makes us doubt ourselves. So when we pause and we tune into ourselves, that's when the truth will come. Yeah. Do do you remember how it was, especially, you know, in the early months of, of being a new mom, you just get bombarded with all these different opinions Mm -hmm. and 
I I knew very well with my son. I just felt very bonded with him. I had that opportunity where I didn't suffer from postpartum or I just felt very confident with him. And I felt like my judgment was being clouded because of everyone else's opinions. And, you know, that might not be the case with this pregnancy, but I could see a mother losing herself and and not knowing what to believe anymore. And I think it's really important that we know that we truly know the best for our, our children. And if we need help or we want an opinion, we'll ask for it. Yeah. And, and, and the part where you spoke about um, trusting your gut and asking questions that just because somebody tells you something, it's, it's in your best interest to also ask your own questions and do your own research and, and know what's best for you. Because a lot of the times somebody, whether it's a doctor or a friend or a family will, will, will tell you, you know, Oh, your child is doing this, then this must be what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of like, Oh, okay. And you go with that and you don't ask your own questions. I know, I know a few people that's like that. And I feel like I was like that in the beginning as well. Yeah. And then eventually you kind of learn like, wait, no, I know, I know what I'm doing here. I got this. I call it the three questions. I have three questions that I teach people how to ask them, how to question the thoughts that are going through your head, the self-doubt. The first one being, is this true? Is what this person is telling me or what I'm telling myself true? And is it always true? That's something from Byron Katie. She's got this thing called the works. It's phenomenal. Look it up. Google her. Um, And it just reframes the way you look at situations and look at things, look at the thoughts in your head, the story in your head. The second one is, is this mine? Like sometimes other people give you advice because they want to feel important or because they want to be involved and they don't know how to do it. And so if we take on their stuff and think that it's their judgment or we're trying to, or sometimes we do things because we're trying to please other people. If we're trying to please other people, then that's yours. You've got to reframe that. But if somebody is just trying to interject because they want to feel important or be a part of things, that's theirs. Right? So that's the second question. And the third one is, what is the message in this? Like, what's the mirror being held up to me? Because sometimes it is a little reflection for us, like somebody saying something to us that triggers us and makes us either defensive or makes us, um, you know, start to spiral in that self-doubt. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's life presenting a mirror for us to just look and reflect on, okay, well, what is this? Is it something from your childhood? Is it something from, you know, that that's an insecurity of yours? Is it something that you're worried about that, you know, and, and, and that, kind of gives you something to look at and to really start yeah. working on. I want to, I, I definitely want to talk today about, um, um, energy and, and high frequency and I are a master Reiki. And so <clears throat> I definitely want to tap into those topics and what we're talking about right now just mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of a question, which is how much does other, pe- does other people's energy affect what's happening to us? So for example, I have Ooh. people in my life that can be a little bit pessimistic about my pregnancy and may, you know, they bring up bad things happening to women, pregnant women specifically around COVID right now. And yeah, it makes me very uncomfortable and nervous, of course, when other people are talking about things that can happen to me. And, you know, I consider myself to be quite positive. And I know that with the research I've done, and I know I'm doing the best I can do for myself and my pregnancy and my family. So how is there a way to protect yourself from that type of negative energy? And how much does it influence what's happening to us? Yeah. Does can energy like go through doors? Like if someone's talking to her and being negative in person, I'm sure it could somehow penetrate, but if it's behind closed doors, maybe in another city, can that energy still affect her. Yeah. So here's the thing about energy. Energy absolutely affects energy. We can ripple energy, positive, negative, all of that. The environment affects our energy. The cosmos, the universe affects our energy, the moon, the planets, the alignments, all that stuff. Everything affects energy, right? Because everything is energy. So energy vibrating one way can impact energy vibrating another. Energy vibrating one way if something is open to that energy, this energy can either pull that energy down or raise that energy up, right? Here's the good news though. You 
can control your own energy. You can decide what energy can influence you or not. And it's all about your energy field and how open or protected your energy field is. So I have something that I'm happy to send you. I can even send to you guys that you can link up. It's called a shields meditation. I give it to healthcare workers because fear, fear and judgment and shame are all low vibrational energies. They're all things that can pull our energy down. When we're vibrating at a lower place, we are more susceptible to other energies influencing us. When we are vibrating at a higher place with trust, with forgiveness, with love, with acceptance, with allowing, with hope, those are high vibrational things that raises our energy vibration. So those lower energy vibrations can't affect you because you're vibrating up here. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you, and yes, things can go through, but again, that's like a fear thing, right? So nothing can affect you unless you allow it to. And we allow it by opening our energy to that, meaning we're, we're vibrating at a lower energy. It's your reaction. It's what are you allowing into your energy field, right? What are you opening and allowing? If you're if, if you're being affected by other people's negativity or judgment or all of that, it's because you're opening to that energy, right? But if you close off that energy by protecting your energy field, which is what my meditation is, it's, a, it's called a shields meditation, where you literally are blowing and fortifying your energy shield around you, that's when you, you trust your own knowing, your own wisdom, you have faith and hope in something bigger and more than yourself. That's what pulls your vibration up. Does that make sense? You ground your energy, anchor your energy, which is like a tree. Like think of a tree, right? The steadiest trees. If you have shallow roots, a storm's going to rip that tree up out of, out of the earth. But if you have deep roots and they're anchored and they're grounded, you can grow as steady and strong. You can reach, you can sway in the storm, in the wind, and you're not going anywhere because you're steady and strong in your foundation. That's what energy needs in order to thrive. That's what humans need. They need to be anchored. And then just like a tree, our branches reach up and we're constantly sort of reaching up to source, to, to the sun, to energy, to elements. But when you're grounded, you're steady and strong. That's like the root chakra in, in Reiki or... Um, uh, the root chakra is 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 that um, foundational chakra. That's where your safety and your security lie. So when you feel safe and secure, that low vibrational, the judgments, the attacks, they're not going to affect you as much. Completely. Does that yeah. make sense? I definitely want to want to do that cool. meditation. Like you know, I feel like when I was receiving this t- this type of energy, I, I made sure to wear like my I'm wearing it now like my evil eye pendant, you know, I have my, like my horn pendant and I feel like, let's say even for example, that item really doesn't do anything. Let's, let's say, I think (laughs) that naturally gives me almost like the, the meditation, like the protection of knowing like I have this shield around me and I am protecting my energy. It's the belief behind the item. Yeah. It's like, talisman it's like a talisman and some of those energy stones like i have stones all around right i have this gorgeous stone right here yeah. i've got stones all around me those stones help with the vibration they help your energy right and that's why if you're wearing something like or and it's also if it makes you feel safer and secure to have that that's going to raise yeah, yeah. your vibration does that make sense yeah so it's a but the question is if you don't have it do you all of a sudden think that you are not as safe and secure because really it's all here in the mind all starts here in the mind, in your beliefs, in your thoughts, in your, in your energy, thoughts, feelings, and emotions absolutely impact energy. Jen, on your website, you, you also wrote, I'm, I was gifted with these kids and these experiences because they woke me up to, to who I met, I was meant to be. And that really struck a chord to me because I think a lot of parents also who go through something 
as a struggle as you did with your kids, um, could also spiral downwards, but your energy field at that point seemed to uplift you and wanting to learn, you know, integrated medicine. And how long did it take before you, you looked at the struggles that you had to go through with your family and embrace it and, and go down this new path of Reiki and energy. Mm-hmm. And if you're comfortable to talk about your experiences with. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, first I will say that I was a very type a, this is how it's going to be. This is what I'm going to do. Da, 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 da. I've always been very intuitive. I've always sensed energy. I've always seen things in the body. But when I was a child, um, it scared my mom. So she would say, you're stop it. You're just trying to get attention. So I learned kind of early on to suppress that because I was getting negative energy from or negative attention from that. And it scared people. And I learned to kind of really ground myself in facts and be able to kind of prove things to people. Um, so I went into nursing. I became a critical care nurse. I love sort of the troubleshooting about it. Um, I was always very drawn to healing and nurturing and helping people. Um, I would often see things and know that something was off or something was wrong, but I also had the science to kind of explain and and prove to people, okay, this is why I think this is like to kind of back up why I might have that feeling or that hunch. I had stuff to back it up. So it was not until maybe five years ago that I truly let other people and every like put out to the world, like, these are my gifts. This is what I could do. Whereas before I was very careful about it, but I also was exposed to it. A dear friend of mine, Bonnie, who before I even had kids was like, I want to train you in Reiki. And I was like, what the, okay. And she did it. She put her hands on me. I remember thinking like, wow, your hands are really hot, but it wasn't until I had. So my second son was born and he had a massive neonatal stroke right at birth. He was taken away from me. I remember just waking up in the hospital, babies crying all around me. Like, where's my baby? I just want to hold my baby. And they wouldn't let me hold him because he was seizing. And um, and I didn't know at that point what was going on. But, um, but it turned out he had a, a neonatal stroke. And I will say, I, I've always been kind of a more positive, optimistic person. That's just kind of who I am. Um, <clears throat> but... My friend Bonnie, I remember waking up sobbing because I was so stuck in that, like, this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not how it was with my first son. I'm supposed to be holding my baby right now. My baby's 30 miles away at a hospital in Boston. Well, I'm in a community hospital because I had a C-section and just like stuck in that like fog of like, what the heck is going on? And stuck in the, it's not what it's supposed to be. And my friend called me, she said, Jen, you're forgetting to breathe, just breathe. So I literally sat there and took five slow, deep breaths. And this calm came over me. And I knew I just needed to be with my child. I just needed to hold my baby, connect to my baby. And they would let me, you know, and at that point, that's, that's what I mean by awakening to my gifts. My friend said, I need to train you in Reiki. He's going to need it. There's nothing I won't do for my child. So I was like, okay, maybe I wouldn't do it for me, but I'll do it for my child. I got attuned to Reiki and all of a sudden I was just like open to, okay, whatever, whatever you need, whatever I need to do, I'm open to it. And then a couple years later, my third son was diagnosed. Same day I found out I was having my fourth boy. My third son was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And again, I, my nurse's brain would not wrap around what this was. I mean, he had signs, he's had like the bruising and And, you know, I just, my mind wouldn't go there, but I almost feel like it was the universe's God's way of protecting me and making me tap into that spiritual intuitive part of me, turning off the logical part of me. And I literally, I already had the connection to the angels and everything. I already had sort of those tools and it was like, okay, use these tools. You're going to get through this. And that's what I mean by awakening to my magic. These were all things that I had suppressed and put like 
like hid from the world in a way. Like if you ever hear about like shadow side and light side, this was a shadow part of me, this magical gift part of me that I sort of put away because um, people didn't, the other people in my life didn't know how to receive it. And I still put it away, even though I, I kind of took it out of the closet for my family, I was still putting it away a little bit because I was afraid of what other people, I didn't want people to think that I was a woo woo or, you know, and, and so it really took me a while uh, to embrace that. Yes. By tuning into those gifts and those messages, by doing Reiki, by learning all of this stuff, by connecting with my children, I was able to help my children heal and my family heal. And I was able to navigate those challenges of my life because I was open to that guidance from not just God and, and the angels, but from my friends as well. It was like, I was like, okay, this person, Bonnie's going to help me with this. My friend Eileen was going to help me with this. And, you know, like I'm going to go seek and get the information that I need. And then, um, you know, I think that it's funny because I'm working on a TED talk right now. And I remember the person, because I was talking about like from victim to victor. And she said to me, this person that was helping me with it said, have you ever felt like a victim? And I can honestly say, I don't think I've ever, I've never really felt like, why is this happening to me? I've always thought that, okay, what is the message? What am I supposed to learn here? It's like when you're in those dark moments and you are in challenge where life isn't going the way you think it's supposed to go. It's sort of source, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, it's your spirit's way of redirecting you on your path because it's like, no, 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 no. You're going down the wrong road, right? If I stuck with nursing, I have a master's in nursing administration. If I stuck with that, I would be miserable right now. I would leave with a pit in my stomach some days when I was doing that. Now I feel lit up. I feel inspired because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing my soul's spirit work. I'm living my purpose. So I feel like some of these moments are sort of to awaken us to and to redirect us on our path, right? It's like a checkpoint to be like, wait a minute, you sure you want to go down this road? And if we just pause and open to the possibility that there's a bigger message going on, instead of being stuck in the why me victim, why is this happening? The anger, the fear, the, you know, the uncertainty, um, that's where we really tap into that power and that strength that we didn't even realize we had. I remember seeing kids when I would take my, my second son to the neuro- neurology clinics and go into the hospital. I remember seeing the bald kids in the cancer unit being like, well, at least I don't have that. And then fast right. forward, I have that. But you know what? You never know what you can handle until you're presented with it because we are strong people, especially us moms. Dude, there's nothing we won't do for our children, right? I mean, you hear of of women finding the strength to lift a car off their baby, right? Or a child. This is the strength that we have. And so it sometimes takes those darkest moments and those moments of, um, you know, where we sort of, not that it's rock bottom, but we're in those desperate moments for us to truly just open to, okay, what do I need? And then all of a sudden we get it. We just need to trust that and and open to the possibility that there is a deeper message going on. I, I know your husband is a physician and and you have your nursing background. And so it's just so refreshing to hear um, that you've integrated, integrating health <laughs> into your life. And like, that's so powerful that you were able to use all aspects of it to, to help you and your family. How did your how did your husband feel being a physician when when you started bringing this into your life? Well, it was interesting. Like I remember going, so he went with my second son to the hospital when they had to move him because he, they thought he had a bleed in his brain. So they were like, we got to get him. I had him in a community hospital and we live near Boston. So he was sent to Children's Hospital about 30 miles away. My husband went with him. And I remember arriving at the hospital And my husband is laboring over neonatal neurology books. And I remember walking in and just saying, babe, this is not what he needs from us. We have to just connect. Like we can't fix this. We have to just, and there isn't like the damage was done, right? Um, We have to connect to him and help him be the best that he can be. We have to let him tell us what he needs moving forward. 
Um, and then we have, again, our mutual friend who trained me in Reiki. I think just watching and tr- my husband, luckily, luckily, really trusts me and seeing sort of what I was doing with my kids and seeing the the impact it was having on them made him like just almost like give the reins over to me and be like, all right, what do you think? Like even now, like I'll do, I'll do muscle testing on them. I will, I, I changed diets on our kids. When my oldest son just went through this, he had COVID and he had some really bad um, cardiovascular side effects from the COVID. And for a long time, he like rejected all my spiritual woo-woo stuff, right? But he got really frustrated and he came to me and he was like, mom, I I need your help. Like I, I know. And it was really about connecting spiritually, connecting to the messages of it. Like, because modern medicine was not giving him those answers. And my, my husband sees this, he's seen it repeatedly where, you know, he's a surgeon, so he's used to fixing things, but he also sees, and to be honest with you, it's these experiences have made my husband a better surgeon because he's more connected to the whole person. And he's more connected to the spiritual aspects and the mental mind aspects that can influence health and well-being. He, I, my friend Bonnie attuned him to Reiki. So he says he's, he'll be called to put his hands on people. Um, and he sends, believe it or not, he sends people to me all the time, not in a like, oh, go see, but he'll talk about me and what I do and say, you should, you know, talk to my wife or you can ask, ask my wife or, you know, look at her YouTube channel or whatever, which is pretty cool. So he's really, he's awakened through it all as well. And he comes from, his father's a surgeon. You know, he comes from a place of fixing and wanting to understand. And the two of us kind of together have great conversations about things, but he is definitely open to um, to the other, to integrative medicine. He's open to the spiritual aspects of life and 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 energy and all that. We talk about right now about like fear and the fear mongering that's going on and what that's doing to people's immune systems and what's what that's doing to people um you know energetically and how it makes us more susceptible to things like covid and all that. So um anyway, it's pretty cool. I'm very very lucky to have somebody that's kind of on the path with me instead of our paths yeah. Going opposite. I'm lucky. But I did Reiki on my son every single day when he was getting chemotherapy. Every single day I did Reiki on him. And my husband saw the benefits. I did a guided visual thing when my son was septic, where I was literally like raking the gook out of him, visualizing his his um blood vessels soaking up the fluid that was in his the, the, something called third spacing when you're septic your body, your blood vessels can't hold on to the um, fluid. So you can't pee and all that stuff. It kind of seeps out into the the tissue. So the person gets a very puffy look to them. That was my son when he was two and a half. And so I visualized, literally did Reiki on him and visualized his blood vessels being like a straw, like soaking up the, the fluid. And within a day, he started to pee and the fluid started to come out. My son, My husband witnessed it. And so he recognized that, you know what, medicine has its benefit. It cured my son. I mean, it, it cured my son, of, but there's also medicine needs a balance of some energy work and some complementary and alternative integrative medicine to kind of keep things in balance. So Does, he believes in that. If doing Reiki on someone, will it still work if the person isn't a believer? So it is about intention, my intention, as well as your intention, Um, that's any energy work. And I can only, I cannot heal somebody or fix somebody because I can't alter anything that is that person's free will and choice. So if somebody's blocked to the healing or to the work, then there'll be some benefit, but no, I mean, because frankly, I had an experience where I was working with somebody, a friend of mine, that uh, was diagnosed with cancer, um, kind of a sudden diagnosis. I would say not a close, close friend, somebody that I knew, but I didn't know that well. Um, had three small children. His youngest was my youngest age at the time was like four. 
And he was diagnosed. My husband actually found it because he came to my husband for some orthopedic stuff. And I remember my husband coming home and being like, Jen, I gotta, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I got to tell you this because he was just devastated because it was stage four. It was like already, already metastases and everything. So this guy um, asked me to help to give him Reiki. So I said, sure. And he didn't really understand it, but he was sort of like, I'll do anything. And I remember going in the first time thinking, I'm going to heal him. Like, I want to fix him. And I gave him everything I had. And I was exhausted. I felt like literally every ounce of energy was drained from me. And I said something to my, called my friend Bonnie. And she said, honey, did you try to heal him? I said, yeah. She said, did you tune into what his soul wanted? What was the, what does his soul want? I was like, no, I didn't. She said, you can't heal somebody if they don't want to be healed. They have to be a part of it, right? It has to be their intention as well. So I went back a couple of days later and I did started to do energy work on him. And all of a sudden, now this is where I'm going to sound like I'm a crazy person, but if you know me, I'm very grounded. <laughs> um, I see a person behind him. And I this is the first time I've ever, I am clairaudient. I hear things. I don't see things. I'm not clairvoyant necessarily. Um, but I see this person and they, this person was a friend of this guy's who had passed. And he said, you're not here to help him live. You're here to help him die. You're here to help him let go. And so my whole, every session I ever did with him was all about connecting to him and, and how, and my intention was, what is it that you need? What does your soul need in this moment? It wasn't me putting my intention to heal him on him when his soul didn't want that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So to your point, no, if somebody's blocked to it, doesn't believe in it. Um, I mean, there'll be, there'll be some energy shifting. There might be sort of some opening, but it's all, it's, it's what the person is ready, willing and able to do. And if you're wide open to the work, it's powerful work. That's why I don't even work with people until they're at a certain level. I won't work with people that are like, fix me. Nope. I'll work with you when you're ready to do the work to fix yourself. Everybody, just to be clear too, with Reiki, Reiki is a specific form of energy healing. That's how I was trained. But when I do energy work with people, Reiki is a piece of what I use, right? Like I, I um, use, I tune in with the guides. I open myself to the spirit guides. I channel um, messages from the spirit guides. I also do guided imagery, uh, guided imagery when I'm working with people, I take them through a guided meditation. So I use a lot of different forms of energy healing work when I'm working with somebody. Um, And I think like for, for everybody, just, and I'm saying this just because there are energy practitioners, there are Reiki practitioners that are kind of very systematic and kind of go through, and you're going to get a different experience with every person. So it's really, I don't want people to have the expectation that if, oh, I'm going to go find a Reiki practitioner and right. I'm going to get this kind of experience because it's different with everybody that you work with. It's really finding somebody that you're like, oh, wow, there, I, I feel something from them. I feel yeah. a connection with For them. Sure. Right. Icky healer's a human, right? At the end yeah. of the day. Oh, totally. And there's all different kinds of energy healers. And there are some people that do some powerful things that right, right. don't have a label for it. In my experience, a lot of people often wait for the other shoe to drop before implementing integrated health approaches into their into their lives and their children's lives. So I was just curious, do you have an approach or do you have parents approach you that don't have any outstanding chaos in their lives, but look to you for a more personalized way of thinking about wellness? So I have, I will tell you, there's different people that come to me. I have the people that come to me because they're feeling like they don't have control over some aspect of their life. For me, chaos is about control. And so many of us try to control things that we don't have control over. And when we don't have control over things, it makes us feel chaotic. Right. And that's like the uncertainty. Um, So a lot of times I'll have people come to me, parents that come to me that want me to work with their child. I will not work with a child unless I work with the parent as well, because nine times out of 10, the parent is impacting the child. So the parent's approach impacts and the parent's energy impacts the child's energy. So I'll have people that come to me. Um, 
sometimes sort of maybe not feeling like they're chaotic. They have no awareness of, of, of that anxiety or they have no awareness of that need to control things. But I'll have people that say maybe their child's not behaving in a way that they expect their child to behave. And they'll come to me with that. And nine times out of 10, that's, remember I said, one of the questions is, is it mine or is it yours? It's the parents, right? Because they're not accepting the child. This is one of the hardest parts of having any child that doesn't, you know, whether it's ADHD or whatever, as a parent, oftentimes we have this, this expectation of how our child's going to behave of what we want. And I'll tell you, my first child was like a golden child, like the, the perfect child, right? He's not perfect by any means, but everything was easy, right? Everything was following along. And then my second child came and it was like, oh, you think you got things under control? Let me, let me just, let me just share with you a little, a little change. And boy, it was like nothing that I expected. Letting go of perfection, letting go of all my expectations was the challenge and the, and the teaching of this second child coming into my life. Right. And each, each of my four kids could not be more different. They're all completely different. My approach to them needs to be different. So when we have this rigid set of expectations and we want to control behavior and we want to control this, we want to control what we feed our children and what, you know, my child is going to be blah, 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 blah. Your child is a unique individual and you have to tune into the needs and the messages of that child. Does that make sense? So um, I don't know if I answered your question, but like a lot of times people will come to me and it, again, if they want me to fix something usually, and this is where I'm not for everybody, I hold that mirror up, right? I hold that mirror up to them and say, okay, so this is what I'm sensing, right? I mean, I, I had a one mom that was, her son had learning disabilities and she was frustrated because she's looking at his work and it's not where she thinks he needs to be. And I said, but it's where he is, right? You got to let that go. You got to let go of this thinking he needs to be where all these other people are, the comparison part, which so many of us moms get stuck in that, the comparing. That is our greatest downfall because it stops us from seeing the beautiful individual person that our child is and that what their individual needs are. So that's what I do is I try to, but if somebody comes to me and they want me to fix something, I won't always work with them because if you're not in a place where you're ready to do the work and look in the mirror, I'm not the right person for you. I used to try to work with those people and I found it was just not joyful work for me. It was exhausting. And then they were unhappy because they didn't get the results they wanted because they weren't doing the work. Right. Yeah, and so, you did that answer one. your question? Was like, who do you find is more easily oh. adaptable to this new approach, parents or children? And right away, I would assume that it would be children <laughs> than parents who need a mirror held up to, you know, their, their belief systems. Yeah, well, and sometimes those parents that are in that dark place that have sort of tried everything and it wasn't working or weren't finding the answers anywhere else. Those are often the parents that are like, I'll do anything. I'll try anything. I'm open. Right. And I'm willing to do the work. Like you have the people. So also something that you had mentioned with the integrative medicine, we have people, there are people in the world who are like, give me the pill. I just want to take the pill. I want the easy path thinking it's going to be the easy path, but it's not. And then you have the people that are like, okay, Tell me what to do. I'm willing to do anything. I'm willing to do the work. Even if it takes me a little longer to get there, I, I would rather do that because I know it's going to be more sustaining and lasting. So when I think of integrative medicine, I think of, um, because I truly believe that there is a time and a place for modern medicine. And then there's a time and a place for sort of the preventative self-care, self-awareness, accountability of integrative medicine. and um, I think of like a drain. So when I go up into my bathroom, I've got long hair. You ladies have long hair, right? I go into my bathroom and sometimes that drain is sluggish. It's like not draining quickly. There'll be a little bit of water and it's just slower to drain. That's when I can use the natural, more balanced approach of, you know, baking soda and vinegar, put it down there, open the drain. But if I ignore that message and I see, okay, 
that drain is starting to be a little bit clogged, but I don't have time to deal with it right now. I'll take care of it later. And I wait until there's standing water in my sink. I got to use the chemicals. I got to use medicine to, to balance that because I've let it get too far out of balance. So integrative medicine is really, and, and it's self-care. Like I really believe healthcare starts with self-care. It's tuning in and knowing when you're a little bit off balance, when something's just okay. So in other words, don't wait till your child has that complete nutty someplace else. Recognize and see the signs that your child's like a little bit, something's going on with that child in that moment. Or don't wait until you're absolutely exhausted to, you know, where you have to be hospitalized or you have to take the full day off because you can't function listen to those moments where your body's just like, can I just sit down for a minute? I just need a minute to rest and listen to those whispers before they become screams. Yeah. I I think I'm, I like to put in that work. I like to, I think I take Tylenol maybe once a year. I just, yeah, I try to like do my best to, to just stay away from, from a headache. I got a headache. Okay. I'll figure, I'll have a chamomile tea. I'll distract myself. I'll do other things, but I know my limit. And I've been told from doctors and from dentists that I have very, very low pain tolerance. <laughs> and I also need like double the dosage of freezing to like, if I'm getting a cavity removed or anything, my body just eats it up. I don't know what it is. Went in for my son. I, I tell Tash all the time, like I'm walking into that hospital backwards <laughs> and I'm saying, shove that epidural in me. Right? Like there's no, <laughs> like there's not every other aspect of my life to be that person and, and, and prepare my body to be strong and healthy and try and be as natural as I possibly can. But then I know where my body has its limits, right? So it's all about finding that balance with modern medicine and integrated health. So this kind of brings me to the topic of, you know, currently the conversation and all you hear everywhere is to solve the pandemic is just, is just the vaccine and and that's it. And unfortunately you don't hear a lot about, you know, you don't pop up in the news and okay, how do you keep your body healthy during this pandemic? How to ensure your kids um, aren't reaching obesity, how, you know, depression, you know, what vitamins take zinc, take vitamin C and not in the conversation. The only time I've been involved in those conversations are, you know, in a room with some friends or some family, but I'm not hearing it. (laughs) I'm not hearing it a lot from mainstream media or, or, or anywhere else where it seems to be flooded yeah. with just the, the V word and, and that's it. There's a lot of fear mongering and control happening. From someone who who is very educated on both aspects for modern and integrated health, you know, what are your thoughts and what would you tell our listeners that they can do at home to keep their body healthy and strong? One of the biggest things that's going to suppress our immune system is fear. Fear and stress lower your immune system. So first I would say you really have to figure out what is going to work for you as far as a stress management practice, what kinds of things are going to help you reset your nervous system, get out of that fear, fight or flight and relax and reset. That could be going for a walk. That could be journaling. That could be listening to music. It could be meditations. It could be talking it out with some friends. Um, There is a lot of misinformation out there. And there's a lot of suppressing of information. So um, it's important that you really tune into yourself and what feels right for you. And And empower yourself with ways to increase and boost your own immune system. To your point, taking zinc, taking vitamin D, taking um, vitamin C, good nutrition, good sleep, moving your body every day, right? Sometimes getting a filter, an air filter to help purify the air around you. Some people live in old houses, there's mold, that's going to affect your immune system. So doing everything you can. But on the flip side, you can also be, because there are plenty of people out there that are fearful and the way that they manage that fear is trying to control everything in in their environment and trying to, you know, like... Literally, I've seen people be like the mask police and the, you know, yelling at people about masks and pushing people away. So all of that is still fear driven. So you have fear of the vaccine and then you have fear of the virus. You have two different factions. Fear is a low vibration. It is just making you more susceptible to the very thing that you're concerned about. So 
letting go of fear, anchoring your energy, literally tuning into the messages of your mind and body and thinking, what is it that I need to be strong, healthy, and well? How can I protect my family, right? That might mean, for example, right before Christmas, we had people come into my house for Christmas, but we were going to have a dinner party. And Omicron virus hit hard where we are. And all of a sudden, people were coming down with the virus. And my husband and I, my husband actually brought it up and said, you know, I don't think we should have this gathering. I think that we should just, you know, postpone it, maybe do something at another date. So that was our gut kind of telling us, "Mm, this doesn't feel like a safe practice. But there are times where I'll get together with people and we'll hang out around a fire pit and I feel fine because we're outside and we're, so it's like, you have to talk yourself through the fear almost. And you have to say, you have to really tune into what is it that makes me feel safe and secure? What is it that I need to feel safe and secure? What is it that I know that I can do to protect myself and my family? If you have a healthy, robust immune system, you're going to be able to fight a lot of different things right? I truly believe that it has to be your choice. You have to be able to be able to make choices and and feel empowered to make choices for yourself and for your family. I've talked to some very intelligent people. I've heard both sides of the coin, right? I've heard both sides. It comes down to you, your immune system, your practice, your belief system, and your trust that you are going to be okay. Because again, when you allow fear in there, that's what's going to start to kind of chip away at that immune system. So that's what I would say to people is really let go of the fear, get information. If you want to know like more information, get information, but balance it with your intuition and your inner knowing and what your gut is telling you. I mean, again, it's my opinion, but based on energy and based on what affects energy, Fear and stress absolutely affect energy in the immune system. And if you think about it, why why is it that you have, I mean, I just had this scenario where luckily we were on vacation, so my kids weren't a part of it, but New Year's Eve, my younger two kids had gatherings of friends and we found out that there was like a super spreader event that half of the kids got COVID. And so, and some of them are vaccinated, some of them weren't vaccinated. Believe it or not, the person that was the spreader of the event were vaccinated people, right? So um, it's just interesting because they're like, well, I guess, all right, maybe I'm not so bummed that I wasn't there, right? But why is it that you have, let's say, 10 kids at one event and four of them wind up with COVID and five of them don't? They were all exposed, right? So what is that? I don't know. I don't have the answers. But that to me helps me be less afraid. Does that make sense? Like if you think you're going to get something, you're going to get it. If you're afraid of something happening, it's going to happen because your energy is going towards manifesting that, whether you are intending it or not. So if you believe I'm going to be okay, my family's going to be okay, I'm doing everything I know I need to do to keep us healthy and strong and safe then let it go. Because it's not within your control. You cannot control it. None of us have control. In spite of our thoughts that if we're vaccinated, we wear a mask, we do this, we do that. hate to tell you, but the masks, the, the, the virus is smaller than the pores of the mask. So these mask mandates, there's a lot of things happening that are not based on science. They're based on fear. And they're based on trying to control the fear of the masses or trying to control the masses. So you can only control you, your actions, your reactions, your choices. That's the only thing you have control of. Having the idea of like what makes sense, like what's based on science. Like, for example, today, Natasha and I were talking about just like so far our pregnancy, our pregnancy experience, um, now being in COVID. And when we had our first sons, it was about seven months before COVID kind of broke out, thankfully. And so this experience has been completely different. Um, and throughout my first pregnancy, 
although, you know, thankfully it was a healthy pregnancy throughout that pregnancy, I had a lot of false positive news given to me. Um, at my 20 week week ultrasound, I was essentially told that my son had, his heart was shifted to the left and he wouldn't make it past birth. Um, and I got a bunch of other false positives given to me about life-threatening things that my son would have, which was, I'm sure you understand very scary news to, to hear. Um, but my, my point is, is today, you know, we're allowed to travel. We're allowed to go to the grocery store. We're allowed to go to a concert. We're allowed to do all these things, but I'm not allowed to have my husband who is the father of this baby inside me come to my 20 week ultrasound this time around. And so for me, my, what I'm struggling with is trying to get rid of my own fear now that I have to, um, do these things alone, um, without my husband, like he, it, it, yeah. it, it sucks for him as well. Right. He's not part of this entire process with me. Um, and, and both Natasha and I went through a miscarriage last year and we didn't have our husband's like we didn't have that connection where my husband didn't get to come to the ultrasound and see the baby's heartbeat. And so you almost feel like you're going through the loss alone. Right. And so there's all these things that just, I just feel like moms are getting hit really hard right now. And um, I'm trying to find a way to, you know, not go into this appointment or ultrasound with this fear from my past one and, and doing it alone. So, you know, you're giving me the advice to, that we're in control of our emotions and how we handle it. And so I'm trying to find, (laughs) trying to find, I want to make sure I do that. No. So this is the thing. It's like a lot of times we fight and we sort of resist what is, and that's what takes our energy because we have this expectation of like, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way we want it to be. And sometimes it's not going to be that way, right? Like you're supposed to be able to have your husband in there circumstances, right? And it's like, okay, you can spend your energy bumping up against that wall. You can surrender to the fear or you can do your work to kind of tell yourself, this is a different scenario. I feel different. I've had four miscarriages. So I totally get that. I totally understand. And there is a fear of that. There is a, I just got to get to this point. You know, I just got to make sure like all of that, I get it totally. But it's like, you got to talk yourself through it. You got to raise that vibration. You got to say, this is a different pregnancy. I feel strong. I feel steady. It's a different time right now, right? And then if it's important to me to have my husband there, let's see what we can do. Let's be creative. Let's get out of the box. COVID has definitely forced us to get out of the box as far as our thinking. How can I feel supported by having my husband there with me, even though he can't physically be there, right? That's it. You take control of what you can control and you let the rest go. The COVID talk that we just spoke about really, I guess, parlays really well into this last question. We talked so much about integrated health and the medical system looking quite broken from all of our points of view. Maybe some of our listeners don't agree, but integrated health is definitely, it has a part in in the system. What can we do to begin that movement towards change and it's something that's being overlooked during COVID and it's just medicine, vaccines, hospitalization, and ventilators. I think that, and it's funny because I truly believe on my, I have a a Facebook group that I would love to invite your listeners to and you guys to. It's called um, Magical Mamas Thriving. And um, I just did on that. I did a reading for moving into 2022. What is the energy coming into 2022? And I did a whole reading on that. And one of the big messages was um, that we really have to reconnect to spirituality. And I don't mean religion. I mean spirituality, which is realizing that there's something bigger than ourselves, that the oneness of things, the connection of things, the interrelationship, that's what integrative medicine is. That's what or they call it um, complementary alternative medicine. I like to call it Eastern medicine. You know, when you talk about Reiki, you talk about yoga and and, um, acupuncture and guided imagery and sound healing and you name it, all of this stuff. It's all about interconnection between the mind, the body, and the spirit. Medicine focuses on the, the body, right? The physical body. 
but we are so much more than that. There's a great book by Candace Perth called Molecules of Emotion. And it talks about how our mind impacts our body and the way that our body communicates to, to the organs and the, the neurochemical system. And it's powerful. And it is very much connected. And so the reason why, and I teach this, this is why I know this, um, the reason why modern medicine has a hard time embracing alternative or Eastern medicine is because there isn't as much science and proven benefits are proven, like they're looking for the science. And because so much of it happens on a higher level, on a, it's, it's hard to duplicate and replicate each thing. So therefore it's not as easy to prove. So then insurance doesn't necessarily cover it. Insurance, at least in the U S insurance covers massage, acupuncture, and chiropractic. That's it. It doesn't cover Reiki. It doesn't cover sound healing. It doesn't cover, you know, reflexology or things like that, but it's because of the science aspect. And this is where I talk about helping people awaken to their magic. Part of magic is just being open to the possibilities of stuff without having to prove it. You just know it. You just feel it. Like if somebody will say to me, how do you know that? If I am guided towards a, how do you know that? I know because I'm being told that. Well, there are plenty of people that are told things, but they don't trust it and they dismiss it because they can't prove it or they can't explain it. But it doesn't mean it's not true. Does that make sense? So I think that really you have to seek it out yourself. You have to seek out these practices. Um, there's an awesome, awesome um, YouTube. It's called 529 Hertz HZ. And it's this beautiful sound healing. You can listen, there's like an hour's worth of, you know, putting it on and it helps the vibration of the body. It'll help bring calm. It'll help all that stuff. There's guided imagery, right? On my YouTube channel, I have the shields meditation. I have different meditations on there. Finding things that resonate with you. It's going to be different for everybody, but finding things that resonate with you for that integrative complementary piece and trusting that you have everything you need inside of you to be well. And you take what you want from modern medicine. You take what you want for integrative medicine, trusting yourself to be the guide. That's the important piece. I think the more demand there is, and I'll tell you, just being in medicine, teaching this class now, researching, there are plenty of practitioners that recognize a need for more. They recognize that the old medical model isn't necessarily working. They want to do better, but they also have a need for evidence-based, science-based things. So it's it's really up to practitioners out there to get that research and to try to duplicate and to try to get that information out there. It's up to scientists to show and prove energy and the impact of energy and the vibrations. There are people like, like um, Bruce Lipton that does that. Um, so it'll, it'll come. And it's like the more it's supply and demand, the more we demand, the more it will start to integrate, but it's awareness. Change begins with awareness. And that's what we're doing right now is we're creating awareness that there is more. Yeah. And then we'll ripple change each of us. What we do What we do creates change in ourselves. That change ripples to our children, to our families, to our friends, to our community. And that continues to ripple out eventually to the world. That's what I have to trust and have faith with. I can't change an entire system by myself, but I can start to ripple that change. You guys can start to ripple that change. Just with this beautiful podcast you're doing, you are rippling change. And I, I see it with the students that I teach, the hunger for this connection, this, this understanding of more. The reason why I'm teaching the class I'm teaching is because there was a demand for it because it was lacking. People were like, well, is there anything kind of for mind, body, spirit, medicine, or alternative medicine or holistic medicine? And there wasn't. And so I had put in this proposal, I was going to do a, a study at, at the school and they said, Hey, would you be interested in teaching this class? It's like, Yeah. But I mean, it's, 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 again, it's that demand. These students are saying, we want this, we need this. I see it. I see this desire for spirituality and for, for a connection to something bigger than self for that, like 
that oneness. That's where we're moving towards the heart, not the head. It's been so much the head. The heart trusts, the head analyzes and needs proof. The heart trusts and allows and opens and unfolds. So for all the mamas or just parents in general, or not any individual listening to our podcast today, if they wanted to be a part of the movement and be part of the impactful change uh, with integrated medicine, and they look to you as, um, you know, a beacon of hope and someone they can learn from. You mentioned uh, Magical Mama Thriving on Facebook. Where else will our listeners be able to follow you or find you? Um, On Instagram, I'm Jen Rentolo at Jen Rentolo, W-R-E-N-T-O-L-O, one N. Facebook, uh, right now it's my old business, which was Butterfly Family Wellness. I'm sort of shifting it over to Jennifer Rentolo because I'm really focusing more on speaking. If you want me to come and speak for your groups, this is something that I love to do. I talk about all sorts of stuff, grounded in science, but open to possibilities. And on my website, jenniferrentolo.com, I have some freebies on there. One is how to five ways to tap into your magical truth. So any of those ways you can connect with me. I have some online courses coming up. I have a retreat coming up, which is how to awaken to your magic. So any of that, you can get onto my newsletter and find out what's going on and stay connected with me. I love hearing from people and I would love for you to join the movement and also just awaken to your own magic. I am subscribing to that YouTube channel. <laughs> I am adding myself to the Magical Mama's thriving Facebook group. I am signing up for that newsletter. I am on board. Yeah. I am committed to this new plan of action of medicine. I know. And I'm not even a Facebook user. Neither am I. <laughs> Don't get if it you, twisted. If you follow us on Facebook... We apologize for <laughs> not having as much. Well, well, we just reshare Instagram content. But if you talk to us on there, we'll talk back. We're mm-hmm. just not big fans of Facebook, but mm-hmm. we will be for this. Yeah. Yeah. No. If there is one group that you should be part of, it's definitely Jen's groups and, and finding her elsewhere, wherever, whatever social media outlet mm-hmm. you like gravitate towards, just find her. Yeah. That's something she would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever chooses you. Exactly. Whatever vibrates your boat Mm -hmm. (laughs) that sounded sexual oh i just meant like you know like energy planes vibrations energy sure anyways i hope that you got as much as we got from that conversation this wraps up today's episode and i guess we'll talk next week you guess we will talk we'll talk to you next week guys (laughs) bye call your mother Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support our pod baby, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave us a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at mammology underscore CO. Let us know if you're listening by taking a screenshot and tagging us. We'd love to say hi. Talk Talk next week. week.